Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion on this ninth Sunday after Pentecost. As we gather together with the opportunity to receive our Lord in word and sacrament. Before we begin our worship, are there any announcements or any prayer requests for the congregation? Yeah, Kathy. For Tom. If there are no other requests, I'll invite you to take a moment to quiet your hearts and quiet your minds as we prepare for worship and listen to the prelude. And I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Almighty God, you sent your Holy Spirit to be the life and light of your church. Open our hearts to the riches of your grace, that we may be ready to receive you wherever you appear. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Genesis. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. The word of the Lord. Our psalm today is Psalm 33, 
verses 12 through 22, which we will read responsibly. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. Happy the people chosen to be God's heritage. The Lord is God sits firmly enthroned <clears throat> and watches all who dwell on the earth. God fashions all your hearts and observes all your deeds. A king is not saved by the size of the army, nor are re warriors rescued by their great strength. Truly your eye is upon those who fear you, O Lord, upon those who wait for your steadfast love. Our innermost being waits for you, O Lord, our helper and our shield. Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us, even as we place our hope in you. Second reading is from Hebrews. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out, for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven, and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and he finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise 
invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Jesus says to his disciples, Be not afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, God is giving you the kingdom of heaven as a gift. It's yours to receive. He does not say God is giving you the opportunity to earn the kingdom. He doesn't say God will give you the kingdom if you're a good person. He says God is a generous gift giver who wants to give you eternal and abundant life. So last week we received a warning in our gospel. Jesus warned us to check our hearts, to make sure that our hearts were not making idols. He has told us to be rich towards God and not the things of this world. And so our gospel lesson this morning reiterates that point. God is giving you the kingdom, so receive it. Don't let your heart think it has something better than what God has for you, because it does not. Our Old Testament story of Abram in Genesis 15 becomes a beautiful illustration of this point. In Genesis, by his word alone, God calls Abram and Sarai out of the land of Ur, out of their barrenness, out of idolatry. And he promises Abram that Abram's descendants will become a great nation. And when God calls Abram out of Ur and makes this promise, God doesn't perform any miracle. He doesn't give him any sign. All he gives to Abram is his word. And at that point, Abram fully trusts his word. And so we come to Genesis 15 today, and this is some years after God's initial promise and God's initial calling to Abram. It's perhaps two decades later. What God promised to that 75-year-old Abram in Genesis 12 was that he would be a great nation. Well, we get to Genesis 15, and Abram is closer to 99 years old, and he still doesn't have a child. And Abram is starting to wonder if God's promise is going to come true. He's now 99 years old or so. He's too old for a child. If he was old at 75, he's really old now at 99. And in fact, Abraham is getting his affairs in order in his household. He's preparing to die. And so as he prepares his estate, he knows that his slave Eliezer is going to have to be his heir. But again, almost as of out of nowhere, God's word comes to Abram. And the Lord restates his promise to Abram. And first he says to Abram, just as Christ says in the gospel, to not be afraid. That, of course, is a word of comfort, a message of comfort. But it's a word that I think shatters Abram's existence in that moment. Because underneath the text, we see that Abram is afraid. He's afraid that he has no heir, that all the risk that he has taken in his life will not result in what he's hoped for. It's not going to result in a child. It's not going to result in a great nation. But God preaches to Abram and reminds him not to be afraid. And Abram's not to be afraid because the Lord himself is Abram's shield. The Lord is watching over and protecting Abram, even when it seems like Abram is never going to have a son. God reminds him who is watching over him. And then again, the Lord restates the promise to Abram and says, your reward shall be great. And we have to be careful how we hear this voice because it's not a kind of quid pro quo. It's not a kind of bargain where God says to Abram, you served me, so I'm going to give you something great. Rather, the Lord is saying to Abram, the gift I have coming for you is great. The object of what Abram has hoped for is a reality. And it's going to be greater and better than even Abraham can dream of. But then, in verses 2, 3, and 4, Abram protests. He talks back to God, and he says to God, Really? Really? You have made these promises, and I trusted them, but look, I still don't have a son. All I have is a servant in my household, and that servant's going to inherit everything that I have. I will never be a great nation. 
Abram had come to that point where it was not obvious to him that God's promise was ever going to come to fruition. And remarkably, Abram is honest with God about these struggles. Abram doesn't sugarcoat things. He's clear with God about his uncertainties and about his doubts. And God doesn't zap Abram with lightning for being honest in dialogue about his doubts. Instead, God takes Abram outside and says, look up, look up at the night sky. He says, all the stars, the stars that I created by my word will be outnumbered by your children. And hearing the promise again and seeing the stars, Abram believes his faith is strengthened. He trusts that God is for him and he trusts that God's promise will come true for him. Well, on many levels, Abraham's struggle represents a struggle for all of us, if we're honest. There are times when we wonder, are God's promises for me going to be true? There are times when things do not look like God is in control of our lives. And we can struggle wondering about our own faith, wondering about the life we have lived, wondering what it's all going to come to. We, however, are always encouraged to go back and to hear God's word to us. Be not afraid, little flock, for it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Every day as Christians, we have to go back to that promise. God wants to give us the kingdom. And every day we need to preach to ourselves the gracious and generous word of God because it's so easy to forget as we live day by day it's so easy to begin to doubt or to begin to forget these promises. My wife has a letter board on our kitchen counter with part of Lamentations chapter 3 on it that says, His mercies are new every morning. And every morning when I come downstairs, I see that letter board and it preaches to me the realities of the gospel. It reminds me that it's God who will always forgive those who come to him. God will always generously pour out his grace on us. And we need that reminder daily because that's the starting point of the Christian life. The Christian life is living, trusting God's word in view of that generosity. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from what is not visible. In the same way, the very thing that saves you, the very thing that declares the forgiveness of your sins, the thing which promises new life to you, the thing which will raise you from the grave on the last day, is not visible because it's the word of God, it's the declaration of God. And so it is by faith that we have to live in hope that it's going to apply to us. Even though we don't always see it, although we struggle at times, although we live our lives wondering, and like Abraham, we wonder what the timeline is for us. Will God really do this for us? Is God doing this? Well, Scripture resoundingly says yes. Yes, because his word makes it so. And like Abram, we're given reminders of that word. First, that the preaching and teaching of the word comes to us on a regular basis as the church. This is the Christian's greatest weapon against the struggles of this world. We're constantly being preached to because we need it. We always need to remind, be reminded of God's promises. Our hearts are quick to abandon them, so we need that reminder. But it's also true that we're given the physical reminders of God's words the things that we call sacraments. Abram was taken outside and shown the stars. He was told to look up, the, look up at them as a reminder of God's promises to him. Well, in the same way, we're told to look at our baptisms and to receive God's word at Holy Communion as a reminder of God's promises to us. Right, the open font here in our church is not just decoration. It's not just furniture we have for convenience. It is for us as the stars were to Abram. It's a reminder of the truth of God's promise to us. A reminder that God will always be faithful to his promises and to his word. God does not lie to us. He does not deceive us. He does not take back his promises. 
But what God promises, the forgiveness of sins, new life, that's given to us. Likewise, when we receive the bread and wine of communion, we're receiving that very word. The very word come to us in the body of Jesus Christ. The same body that was broken for the forgiveness of our sins comes to us at this altar. It comes to us in the sacrament to strengthen our faith. It is to you a reminder that God's promises are always true. Even in the long struggle and the long wandering and the uncertainty, we're always reminded God's promises are true. Therefore, be not afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen.
stand and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten the Father, God from God, life from life, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things are made, for us and for our salvation. Pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, increase our faith in your wise ways and in your gracious will. Preserve us from reliance on our own plans and our own natural powers, that we would ever trust in you and be counted righteous in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Lord, you have raised up children for Abraham from all the nations through faith in your word and promise. So bless your church on earth by the seed of Father Abraham, our Lord Jesus Christ, that your people would be defended against the assaults and temptations of the adversary. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Father, you promised great and abundant blessings to Abram, which he believed by faith. Bless also the hearts of Christian parents and grandparents to prize the gift of their children, and to work in their lives for the good of generations yet unseen. Lord, in your mercy. God Almighty, teach the rulers of the nations how small and fleeting their reigns are. Shepherd them by the preaching of your word into the ways of peace, and fix their eyes on a better country that is to come, that they would rule in loving service to those in their charge. We especially ask that you grant wisdom to our President Joseph and our Governor Richard Michael as they serve for the common good of all. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, you call us to cast our anxieties on you because you care for us. In the midst of their tribulations, bless your people with your peace, especially Anita, Ray, Amanda, Marilyn, Mike, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, and Tom. And as they consider your care, remind them of your eternal care for them, especially in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord our God, grant your Holy Spirit unto your servants who come to your table this day. Enlighten them by your word as a lamp unto their feet that they would be dressed in readiness for the coming of the Son of Man, both now and at the end of days, even as he girds himself to serve them with his body and blood. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, knowing that you will hear the prayers of your people and answer us with your mercy, providing all things that we need through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you.
holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Almighty and merciful God, you are most holy and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with heavenly blessing and grace and receiving the forgiveness of sin may be formed to live as your holy people and be given our inheritance with all of your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
arise. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Serve the Lord. 